This is Toastcaster, podcast for Toastmasters. Your host, Greg Gazin. Episode 80, The Origin of April Fool's Day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Toastcaster, podcast for Toastmasters. We have something a little bit different this time around. I know we always say that, but this time, in fact, we do. April Fool's Day is coming up. Now, just the other day, I was the Toastmaster of the Day at my home club. The theme was April Fool's Day, so I decided to do a little research. But when it came time to deliver my little preamble at the beginning of the meeting, I think it went on just a little bit too long. But yet it was well-received, so I decided when I got home that I was going to maybe expand a little bit, turn it into an article, which you can read at troymedia.com, and then I thought, well, why not create a podcast? Doesn't that make sense? So this episode will be all about the origin of April Fool's Day. And here's my story. On April Fool's Day, we're always on red alert for pranks, hoaxes, and fake news. Of course, that's a new word we've been hearing a lot lately, haven't we? April Fool's Day has been going on for centuries. It started from an era when court jesters were very common. Back then, there was no television, no movies, no internet. And the jesters, or jokers, or fools, as they were often called, were really the entertainers of the medieval and the Renaissance times. They often started out as traveling performers who, along with minstrels, entertained folk at fairs and markets. Now, the fool who gained the greatest prominence was one who ended up entertaining monarchs and noblemen. In fact, he became employed by them and became part of the household staff. Now, being a court jester was the career pinnacle for the quick-witted and talented few. They could rise above the simple nomadic existence entertaining peasants living in filth, disease, and poverty. Their new life was to entertain a captive audience and enjoy stability, shelter, and have more to eat in one meal than previously they've had in a week. Now, there's no doubt that everyone wanted to be a court jester, but the supply of fools always exceeded demand. Back then, there were no employment agencies or places like Monster.com. To get the attention of potential employers, Jesters would take any opportunity to perform in front of the wealthy, often uninvited, not unlike what the paparazzi do to celebrities today. Except today, you can't behead a paparazzo, unlike what King Henry VIII did to one fool on New Year's Eve in 1544. Despite being warned over and over and over, this fool pushed that night just a little bit too far, just outside the Palace of Whitehall in London, where King Henry VIII lived. That night, King Henry VIII was not a happy camper. Even his personal jester, William Will Summers, couldn't amuse the angry monarch. According to Summers' diary and stories passed down over the centuries, the evening was marred by drunken rants by Henry. The king even threatened to cast away the ships of fools and behead them all, behead them all. Summers had been in service to the king for years, and in fact, he had become Henry's friend and his confidant. And at the risk of his job, and perhaps even his life, he tried to convince the king that a serial execution of fools perhaps wasn't such a good idea. Summers himself came from a family of fools, and perhaps he made the appeal to the king for selfish reasons. Nevertheless, he attempted to convince the king that he needed to laugh, that all people needed to laugh, and that these were very tough times. You see, Henry had just buried yet another wife, Catherine of Aragon. So perhaps his temperament was... Well, let's say certainly suspect. Summers tried and tried and tried, but he failed to make an impression on the king. Eventually, he reminded the king of how they first met and how he had made a life-changing impression on his majesty. 
Now that made Henry smile. With attention gone, Summers confessed that he had concerns about his own personal health. He suggested perhaps that Henry audition other fools in search of a replacement, perhaps do that instead of waiting for his demise, either by natural causes or by beheading, the ultimate job dismissal, which was fairly commonplace if you happen to offend the king. Now, if the king so wished, Summers could arrange a trial performance at His Majesty's pleasure to appraise an entertainer's merit. Henry decided that he would think about it, and it took him a fortnight to make a decision. But eventually, he nodded in agreement, and he put Summers in charge of the additions. He requested that they take place immediately upon his return from his upcoming trip to Versailles, which happened to be on April the 1st. The event? Huh, it was an overwhelming success. In fact, Henry VIII had never laughed so hard in his entire life. He also found a successor to Summers. As a result, King Henry VIII decreed April 1st to be the annual Night of Fools. Sadly, the king would only enjoy just a few of these, since he died in 1547, three years later. Summers, however, outlived his master, in turn entertaining Elizabeth I until his death in 1560. So the Day of Fools tradition lived on, although it gained a new name in 1582 when it became known as April Fool's Day. The name was changed to conform with the Gregorian calendar that was introduced by Pope Gregory XIII that year. And I think, as we all know, April Fool's Day has certainly evolved. Now, people work hard in search of more creative ways to get others to believe something that's not really true. Like this story, April Fool. Once again, this is Greg Gazin. We appreciate you tuning in. Now, I'm not sure how you joined us, whether you joined us through directly through Toastcaster.com or iTunes, but either way, you can pick up the podcasts there. If you really enjoyed the podcast, we'd really appreciate if you took a moment to leave us some feedback on iTunes because it really helps with our ratings. Plus, also feel free to drop us a line. Tell us what types of things you're interested in, what your Toastmasters specialty is, or what kinds of things you like to speak about. And perhaps maybe we'll even have you on the show. This is Greg Gazin. Till the next time. This episode was sponsored by Corey Outsmarts the Butterflies. A new book by Greg Gazin, geared to ages 8 to 80. Whether you want to improve your speaking skills or build your confidence, this short read is suitable for all ages. It's available at outsmartingthebutterflies.com. <laughs>